With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Say they be Powered by Overtime Media. What is up? Who Dat Nation, welcome into another training camp episode here at the Who Dat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Galata. And then also, you can follow the Who Dat Discussion on Twitter, at the Who Dat Dis. And we have a jam-packed episode in store for you guys today. And I know I always say that it's a jam-packed episode, but today I truly mean it as we have a ton of news from a variety of different topics here. And then also the Saints had their first scrimmage here of 2020 training camp. Obviously, they've been doing team drills in training camp, but they've also been doing a lot of individual drills as well. And this practice, when I'm recording this today on a Friday, was a just scrimmage. And they obviously, the offense played the defense and we got to see a lot. So I'll definitely update you guys on that practice as well. But first, I wanted to start off here with some news that's more going on in the world, but it does pertain to sports right now as well, as we've seen many sports leagues from the NBA, from the MLB, NHL, WNBA, have canceled their games in response to the tragedy of Jacob Blake. And I wanted to talk about how it pertains to the Saints and the NFL, as obviously there's no games going on right now, but practice and kind of what the Saints are doing in response to that, because as a Saints podcast, that's what I feel like that's my place to talk about it, report on it. And if you want to hear more about this, if you want to delve more into that topic, there are a ton of people more qualified to speak on it than me. So definitely check those out. I encourage you to check those out. And But for here, kind of want to keep it to the Saints, kind of want to keep it to something that I'm more intelligent about and that I understand more. So we're going to just talk about how it pertains to the Saints on here. And if you want to hear more stuff on it, definitely do. There's a ton of great podcasts or news outlets that you can check that out as well. But how this pertains to the Saints here is that they wore on their helmets, instead of wearing their names, they wore Jacob Blake in response to promote social justice and all that stuff and kind of shed the light on the racial injustice here in our country. And obviously the Saints have been at the forefront of social justice here and kind of stopping racial injustice as we've seen it really over these past few months. Obviously, you have Cameron Jordan, you have Malcolm Jenkins, obviously Demario Davis as well, and they've really helped the community in big ways. And I think they'll continue to do that. I do think that the Saints are one of those teams that are just like complete brotherhood. They'll back each other up for everything. So I really think this is going to be a team effort. And look, yesterday they wore Jacob Blake on their helmet and they said they're going to do more. And I think they will do more to try to um, promote uh, social justice and trying to get use their platforms to get their messages across, whether that be on the field, in press conferences, and all that stuff. And if there's anything else, any other developments in that field, we'll definitely 
get to you on that as well. And honestly, the Saints, they should be really, really good on the field, but they're definitely helping the community off the field. They're trying to obviously further this country, further their communities, and that's something that's great as well. And all these leaders in the Saints clubhouse have really been role models on and off the field, and that's something that I feel they definitely take pride in. But now, I think we are going to move over to football and Saints football. As I said before, there are a lot more people, a lot more qualified to talk about uh, these topics than me, so definitely check those out if you want to. But now there is more Saints news and more off-the-field news as now this is COVID news with Gail Benson announcing today that she has tested positive for COVID-19. Obviously sad news, but she is getting better. She is recovering every day. She said she's getting better every day. And that obviously is really big. According to the Saints press release, they said Miss Miss Benson is recovering good and she's been under daily medical care and she continues to feel better every day. So that's the direct quote from Greg Bensel, the vice president of communications for the Saints and then also the Pelicans. Bensel didn't detail the symptoms that Miss B had, but there's been no hospitalization to this point and she's recovering. So that's obviously really good. And she's been participating in the executive calls between the NFL and NBA owners. So that's also really good as well. And it seems like she's definitely fighting this and getting better. And that's obviously the best news you can hear. But we're definitely all rooting for you here in the Houdat Nation. And I can't wait to see you in your golf cart during the Saints training camp practices as soon as possible. And now I do want to transition into the Saints team and the Saints players here that are practicing here down in Metairie. And I want to start off with the Saints signing now two players. So I'm just going to go chronological order, starting off with the Saints signing Kaman Hall, which they did a few days ago. And he's a guy that is going to give the Saints some depth there at the cornerback after Johnson Batamosi went down on IR. And he's a guy that was on the Vikings practice squad as a rookie, he was also with the Chargers last training camp. He actually recorded eight tackles when the Saints played the Chargers in a preseason game, so that's pretty good. At the University of North Texas, he recorded six interceptions, 28 pass defenses, and 120 total tackles in two seasons. And he's a guy that is going to come up here and I, I think just give them depth, give them some special teams depth. He's played special teams in the past as well. And he's a guy that the Saints, I bet, are thinking, okay, maybe he can take Batamosi's spot, at least in training camp, and then I bet he'll fight for a spot here on this roster. So I think he's a guy that can come up in here. It did look good last year with the Chargers. He was able to then get a spot after he was cut them with the Vikings. So he's definitely been around for a few practice squads, and maybe this is the place where he lands and finally gets a shot here on the 53-man roster. And I think, look, we don't really know his full potential yet. I don't think anybody does. But I think he's a guy that definitely could play special teams, and he could probably do it at a pretty good level here. So definitely, I think he's a good player to put on to the 80-man roster. And I think what the Saints are trying to do here with the 80-man roster is bring in a lot of young guys that, or maybe guys not only just young, but hungry guys, guys that are ready and going to really fight for a spot, and they'll do whatever they can to gain a spot. So I do think that's really important what the Saints are trying to bring culture-wise, especially when those last few guys on the roster, yes, you want them to be good at their positions, cornerback, linebacker, wherever it ends up being, but you also want them to be good on special teams. You want them to be good locker room guys. You want them to be motivated and just ready to go 
and really buy into this system. And I think that's what the Saints really got the feeling with Hall after his tryout with the Saints a few days before he was signed. And I think he's a guy that definitely offers good depth here in training camp. And he definitely has a chance if he really shows out, can maybe steal a spot on the 53-man roster if he's doing all the right things special teams-wise and obviously fitting in with the culture and all that stuff. I think that's really important for those final guys. And look, even if he doesn't make the 53, he gets put on the practice squad and he may play a similar role to what Johnson Badamosi played for the Saints last year. Like after a few injuries, the Saints then brought Badamosi into the 53-man roster and he was actually a pretty solid piece here in the special teams unit. And I think even better than pretty solid, I think he was definitely you know, a good piece there. And especially after his injury, I think the Saints are trying to find someone that can offer some competition that may bring that same depth that Batamosi did. And I think it's worth a shot here with Hall. Also, he was a childhood Saints fan, which is obviously really great. Bringing some guys that were fans of the team as a kid, you'll love to hear that because like, I think that's really relatable Like to all of us, like all the other fans. Like, Look, we got players on this team that were fans as kids, and they're still obviously now fans as they're playing for the team. So that's obviously amazing. And I thought that was just another good tidbit about Hall. So we'll see what he can do in the practices and stuff. And if he really shows out, you could definitely see him make this team. If he doesn't, I think he's more of a practice squad depth piece. But I think he's a good guy to bring in here and at least leave for a special teams depth and a guy that's competent at playing that position. Because I think that's really important. And I do think that the Saints, especially for their depth guys at the cornerback, the linebacker positions, other positions as well, they want them to be competent at special teams because... Look, special teams wins the games. And again, that's something that the Saints have been really good with in the last few years, and I bet they want to keep that up. So signing guys with this special team experience really helps out here as not only guys that can make the 53-man roster, but also can offer some depth down the road. So that's really good there. And the second player that the Saints signed was another interesting guy that could play special teams at a pretty high level, and that was CFL linebacking star Why Not McManus, who actually did a really good job in the CFL as a guy that was, especially last year, kind of a standout last year in 2019 in the CFL. And he's a great special teams player, and I think he, another good depth player for special teams, just as I was saying with Hall, a guy that could, look, if there's injuries, or maybe it will be, he'll make the 53-man roster, but a guy that can come in and contribute to this team through special teams, like, that's really big, and it shows you how much depth the Saints have at that special teams it is really integral, and I'm very happy that they're adding guys like that because especially you have such a complete team on the offense, you have a complete team on the defense, so you definitely don't want the special teams to mess that up, and it's not like the Saints have brought in a special teams that's just like a push. They brought in the special teams that wins them games, and that's what makes this team even more scary, and if you're able to steal a few games, that comes huge down the line. Like, that comes up really big. What's the difference between 11 and 13 wins? Probably a bye week, and we all know how important a bye week is and that's something that the Saints probably need if they're going to go win a Super Bowl. And that's really the difference. So having two good groups with the offense and defense is great, but you need that all-around third group if you're really trying to go out and win a Super Bowl and just trying to come all together because those are the teams that wins. They're not just good on the offense and defense. They're also really fundamentally sound on special teams, and they actually steal games there. And that's something that I feel like the Saints can do, and that's why I do like the signing of McManus Another guy that, look, he played a lot in the CFL last year. He had 15 starts, 86 total tackles. He plays special teams, which is great. And he's a guy that has a lot of experience there, a lot of reps there. And I think that's really important. So, like, he's not new to this. Like, it's not like he was playing linebacker, now he's playing special teams. 
he can play the special teams. Reminds me a lot of like Adam Big Hill a few years ago who played a lot of special teams for the Saints and was a special team star. Like I could see McManus doing the same thing. A guy that's probably extremely motivated to get his way into this league. And look, he may not make the 53-man roster. He may actually make the 53-man roster. But besides the point, he's really good depth. He's a guy that can play a role for the team. And as like the last guy on the team or a practice squad player, you're not asking him to be stars. You're asking him to just play a role. And if you could play a role on a team as an underrights free agent or as a practice squad player, you really like maximize your value. And to me, that's really big. And I feel like the Saints are making signings like that. Yes, I would love to sign Jadavion Clowney. I'd love to sign Logan Ryan. But right now, when you're just trying to find that 53rd guy or that whatever 50th guy, the practice squad players that would really help you in special teams down the road and is really good depth, those guys really help you win as well. And that's something that I did want to shed light on here with these two signings. Because yes, they're not Jadavion Clowney. They're not Logan Ryan. They're not the splash signings. But they could also be important too, especially if you see injuries to special teamers or maybe even at linebacker, at cornerback. Like if you could have guys like even that far down the line that are at least serviceable for a little bit, that's really important. And the Saints could have just found two players that may do that for them. And that's something that I think is very important. And look, as much as the Saints, first of all, still have a roster spot open. So maybe that's where Clowney comes into play with the Saints. And who knows? But it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. But these two signings, as much as they're not clowny, there definitely could be role players that do help the Saints down the line. So I definitely wanted to highlight that here in this segment. So now, before we get into our update on the Saints' first scrimmage, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Who Dat Discussion And now we're going to get into our updates on the Saints' first scrimmage here of 2020, as it'll be one of two scrimmages. And honestly, I thought this was obviously something that you love to see. You love to see the two teams out there playing full tackling, ready to go. And it was something that was very, very positive. Definitely a step in the right direction for the Saints. I think we saw some good plays on both sides of the ball here. And very competitive play, very physical play. And you love to see that. I mean, starting off with the offense, I think Breeze looked good. I think the last few days, Breeze has looked good, and I think he's starting to get into that rhythm. I think the offense is starting to get into that rhythm, so I'm really not worried about them. Breeze and Emmanuel Sanders hooked up a bit, so that was obviously really big, and that's something, that connection you want to see more of, and I'm very happy that they were able to do that. It seems like they've been able to really, at least for this practice, they were able to kind of march up and down the field. They couldn't convert sometimes, and that's when Breeze threw a pick. And the offense gave up a sack. So as much as they were going up and down the field, they had some red zone troubles here, which, again, I think is to be expected this early. Now, you do obviously have some more time, and that's something that I think the Saints have to get right here by the end. But, again, I am happy to see that the Saints are kind of marching up and down the field. I'd like to see that. But the defense did play pretty well, especially in the red zone and later in the practice. So that was obviously really good. You were able to see Malcolm Roach step up for a sack, so that was good. You had Cameron Jordan, who had half a sack with Roach on another play. Patrick Robinson, who has been outstanding. Love to see that Patrick Robinson has been really good. He had a pick and a breakup in this game, so that was really good for him, and both of them are very impressive, so that's what you would like to see there. DJ Swearinger also had an interception. He's been another guy that we've been hearing his name a lot, and I love that. Another guy between him and Patrick Robinson, if they step up, 
I really think sky's the limit for the secondary. If Robinson can play better on the outside, and if he can go into that bona fide third corner slot, I think that the Saints are headed for big things in this depth with the secondary, because I don't think that Patrick Robinson does get enough credit for his play last year. He came into that Titans game, played really good, and he was able to do a good job coming in relief. And then you saw over the, he played then again, week 17 as well, played pretty well. And then after Lattimore got hurt late in that Vikings game, he came in. A lot of people got on him because Thielen caught that ball at the end of the game, the big throw, we all know it. And people got on Patrick Robinson because he was in the play defending Thielen. But actually, it was Marcus Williams who had the blown coverage, not Patrick Robinson. He was waiting for the help. Patrick Robinson understands it correctly. And you saw Marcus Williams blow the coverage. So really overall, I think Patrick Robinson was coming on at the end of the season. So the Saints seem like they're pretty confident with Patrick Robinson going in as that third corner, or at least that third boundary corner, I should say. And he's a guy that I think if he's playing good in training camp, that's huge. And again, he's probably playing for his job right here because he's a guy that is making money. And especially with the Saints cap situation may not be the best. If the Saints need money, they may want to cut someone like Robinson. If he's playing really good, you're obviously not going to do that, and his job won't be in jeopardy. So that's something that is really good for him. And honestly, I think if Robinson could become that boundary depth third corner, that would be amazing for the Saints. And with him playing really good here to start in training camp, and really now not just to start, now through training camp, that's something that is really encouraging. And see him with DJ Swearinger. If he can bring depth there, at that safety position and like good veteran depth, that ball hawking depth, like he could be a starter on a team and he's a like fourth, fifth safety. That's huge. And I think that's something that the Saints would love to see from him. And I know in the past he's had some reluctance to play special teams, but hopefully now at this point in his career, he'll be willing to play special teams. Excuse me. There, I think that right now he's definitely a good enough athlete to play special teams for sure, even though he is more of a veteran type player. And I think having him on the roster is really important just because he's a guy that knows all the ropes. He's a veteran player. He can teach these guys, and that's really good for these young players in the secondary. So I'm really encouraged about these two guys. I think a lot of people are. So that's something that if these guys play well, and then plus the starters play well, the Saints can have good starters, good depth. I know that's probably a perfect world, but again, that's something that I think the Saints have a possibility at, and that's something that boggles my mind as a young Saints fan. I said that last episode like as a young Saints fan thinking of having a good secondary it's like mind blown so that would obviously be huge for the Saints team and I think it's actually possible that this team could be in that really good level of the uh, secondary groups in the whole NFL maybe even up to that elite category if they would really overplay. like if they're like getting better like if Lattimore takes the next step if you see Chauncey Garner-Johnson take the next step you see Malcolm Jenkins play really well and like all that stuff, they do have the potential to be like an elite secondary. Will they? I don't know. But I, I think right now, if everyone stays healthy, everyone plays to kind of their normal play, I think they will be top 10. And that's something that would be huge here for the Saints. So that is very good. And other players that kind of stood out here on the defense, Carl Granderson came through with a sack as well. So that's another thing that's big. And Keith Washington had an interception off Jameis Winston. So he's a guy that is playing really well, and he's looking to make a roster spot. Now, will the Saints take a young guy or a veteran guy? It'll be interesting to see what happens. I think I probably would be a little more comfortable with P-Rob because I've seen him play. I've seen him compete at the NFL level, and he has had some success and in some places a lot of success, especially with the Eagles. 
But then you bring in a guy like Keith Washington. He's kind of a mystery box. Maybe he'll be really good. Maybe he won't be. And I don't know if you want to take that chance right now. But just for me, because I haven't seen him play here. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all works out there. And really, again, I think the Saints did have a really good practice. And another guy on the defense that really stepped up. And this is now moving over to the defensive line. That's Sheldon Rankins. He has been amazing. And all the coaches are raving that he's back to that 2018 level. That would be huge. If he goes back to that 2018 level, I think that is something that would make the Saints defensive line really take the next step. Because you have him taking that next level, and you have Davenport taking that next level, and you'll hopefully have Cameron Jordan still being that elite player, which I think he will be. Like, that's huge. And obviously, you have David Onyemata. Obviously, you have Malcolm Brown. Like, all these guys, I mean, it's almost mind-boggling thinking how good this Saints defensive line could be this year as well. And I think that if Rankins is fully back and healthy, if he's playing at that 2018 level, again, that's like almost at a Pro Bowl level, basically at a Pro Bowl level. I mean, I don't know if the Saints could give that up as well. And that's something that I think that Rankins is playing for. I think he has a lot to prove and it's a contract year and it's very important for him. And again, I think he's really motivated and I think he's coming in here really good. So I'm very happy about that. And Honestly, I'm really excited to see him play because if he has that same quickness, like all the coaches are saying, he's just as quick and he looks just as good and he looks like where he used to be, that's something that's really encouraging for the Saints and it's something I can't wait to see once the Saints take the field against the Bucks on September 13th. And before we wrap up, I do want to talk about one more player that has really starred over the last few days and that's Benny Fowler who kind of started in the beginning, then like over the kind of last week or so, he kind of... I would say just leveled off, and then he's really had a good few practices these last few days. Yesterday, Michael Thomas had a veteran rest day, and that's when Benny Fowler came in and really played good in that same role that Michael Thomas usually plays. So that was good that he was able to kind of back up Michael Thomas, and the Saints have someone that could back up Michael Thomas, let's say, if he got injured for just a game or two. So it's good depth to have there. And then today, he also was able to do a good job, which is also great. Like to have back-to-back good practices is always really good. And it seems like Breeze is getting kind of that repertoire with him. So that makes me um, kind of convinced that he's going to make this roster. But I definitely wanted to add him in as well because I forgot to talk about him when I talked about the offense because he had a touchdown. Um, Breeze threw one to him in the scrimmage. So I thought that was really good. And it's definitely something we should look out for as Breeze was one of the main reasons why Benny Fowler came to New Orleans because they had that workout. We all know that story, and it's such a great story, but it seems like that's coming together even more. Their connection's really developing, and really right now Fowler could be a player that comes up in here and probably makes this roster, offers really good depth, can do a ton of different things, as I've said on multiple podcasts before. And let's just say someone got hurt. I think he could step into kind of a wide receiver two role or wide receiver three role and can actually succeed as well. So I think he could do a lot of different things. And I'm really excited what he can do once this season starts as well. And I, honestly, I think this is great. And you love talking about training camp, love talking about the scrimmages. But I'm just interested to see how it all comes together here once the season begins. Because it's one thing to put it all on paper and say we're going to be really good. Then it's one thing to take it to the field and see it during games and I think that's something that the Saints could definitely do. I just can't wait for them to put it to the test. And that's something that is definitely marked on my calendar, September 13th, ready to go. I'm extremely excited for that day and for the season to start. Obviously, these scrimmages are great. The practices are great. We're talking about real football, which is great. But again, I'm just excited to put it all on the test here against the Bucks. Game one, Tom Brady. 
And honestly, I'm just rearing to go for this. And I bet every Saints fan is right now. Like, this Saints team looks amazing. Looks one of the best rosters here in the league. Now it's time to put it to the test. And honestly, I cannot wait for that. But with all that said, I think it's time to wrap up this episode. If you like what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, you should definitely follow all of our social media accounts. So on Twitter, you can follow the podcast at the Houdat Dis. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Andrew Galata. And then also on Instagram, you can follow the Houdat Discussion at Houdat Discussion. So definitely do all of that to get all the updates on the podcast. Saints news, some of my quick opinions, just kind of like right after a practice or something or right after some big news, I'll be putting my opinions on social media as well, just like kind of as a preview to the podcast. So definitely check those out as well. And then also you can listen to this podcast wherever you get all your other podcasts. So that means iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, any of those sites we are on. Another interesting episode here as we cover a lot of different news topics and also covering this Saints scrimmage. So definitely had a lot of fun doing it. Hope you guys had a lot of fun listening. Next week, we're going to dive into our schedule previews and just dive right into that. I can't wait to get into that series and really get down to the nitty gritty preview game by game. And that's something that for the last few years I've done. And that's something that I really look forward to every offseason because that's like, okay, the season's starting. So can't wait to do that. But I think that's all I have in store for you guys on this episode. So I wanted to say thank you for listening. Run it back. And who dat?